0: Sometimes people provide resources that you can use, which are intended to be used either internally or with your one-on-one clients, but not to be used in a one-to-several or one-to-many environment. So we want to make sure that we are aware of the rights you have in those third-party materials. Welcome to this week's episode of the Hourly to Exit podcast. I'm your host, Erin Austin, lawyer, mama of kid and doggy, tennis player. Once and future trail runner, YouTube addict, and dreamer, I provide legal tips and bits for turning your expertise into recurring revenue. Turning your time intensive, hourly based business to one that is scalable and hopefully one day saleable is the journey from hourly to exit. This podcast is for experts, consultants, coaches, and other professional services providers with sophisticated corporate clients. If you're investing in the growth of your business, you need advice and resources that address the issues that set you apart from other service-based businesses. Those templates for online businesses don't mean a thing when your client sends their 50-page master services agreement to you for signature. Stop playing small because you don't know how to protect your ideas. Hourly to Exit is here to show you how to navigate The maze of contracts and intellectual property issues so that you can safely and profitably share your ideas with clients and with collaborators. Before we dive in, please remember that this podcast provides general information only. The content of this podcast should not be taken as legal advice for any individual case or situation. The information presented is not intended to be a substitute for professional legal consultation. Each legal situation is unique. And the laws and regulations can vary widely by location, and they do change over time. For specific legal advice regarding your individual circumstances, please consult with a qualified attorney who can address your specific needs. Now, let's get started with today's topic. Here is a fundamental truth that you will hear me repeating ad nauseum. Owning intellectual property is required to scale your expertise-based business. Period. Drop mic. Now, I could stop right there for emphasis, but I persist. There are three steps to getting to the promised land. They are audit, protect, and leverage. So this week, we're going to talk about that first step, audit. We start with audit because we want to make sure that you understand what you own right now. And I guarantee, unless you are an IP lawyer, that you will be very surprised by what you find out. In other words, you might not own what you think you own, and you probably own a lot more than you think you do. So the audit step consists of two measurements. First, quantity. This is just a straightforward inventory of the assets in your business. In other words, it's just a list of all the assets in your business. The second step is quality. So, this is an analysis of the value, the relative value of the assets. Those that you own and control exclusively are more valuable than those that you have non exclusive rights to use. For instance, the training materials that you created that you own completely and that no one can use without your permission and paying you, are more valuable to you than some tool that you license from a third party It may still provide value. It's not that it's not valuable, but it's not as valuable as those things that you own exclusively. Why do we want to do our audit again? Because ownership of intellectual property is required to scale your business. So if you're wondering, well, what assets do I have? I provide services. Here's the measure. The assets in your business are whatever you use to create value for your clients. So it's not just computers and software. Anything that you are using to create value for your clients is an asset. So whether you provide high-touch custom services, or if you have a proprietary methodology, or if you have a standard training program, or even if you're selling your time, those are all assets. Now, here's a list of assets. The assessment tool that you use to orient your proposals, an asset. The 50-page strategic plan that you deliver to your clients, that's an asset. Secondary research that you use as a basic for strategic plan, an asset. An original DEI training program that you developed. Worksheets that you acquired during a IFC certification or IMC certification. Templates that you may have gotten from a business coach, web design that your contractor created for you or for an end client. Those are all assets. And even the work product that you complete at a client request based on their specifications, that is an asset. They're all assets because they provide value to your clients. Some of them are assets that you own. Some of them are assets that you do not own. What we want to focus on, of course, are the assets that you own because the assets that you own, the intellectual property you own, will be the foundation for creating a scalable business and creating assets that can provide recurring revenue. So after we create our inventory of assets, so that's just our straightforward inventory, then we go to the qualitative part where we evaluate them to see the relative value of them. Do we own them? Did we create them ourselves? Do we have control over them? Have we permitted other people to create derivatives from them? That will tell us the relative value of those assets. Do I own it? If I don't own it, what rights do I have to use it? We do this because when we're building recurring revenue assets. It's a whole different ball game than providing one-on-one services. I like to say with increased visibility comes increased scrutiny. So when you're growing your business by leveraging assets, including intellectual property assets, it's like adding another floor to your house. So the foundation that's good enough for a one-story building might not be good enough for a two-story building. So we want to make sure that the legal foundation for creating recurring revenue assets is strong. Whether you've been using that intellectual property internally, or if you've been using them with your one-on-one clients, I will call that your first floor use of the assets internally or with one-on-one services. And that now using those assets in a one-to-several or a one-to-many environment would be that second floor. And we want to make sure that we have a strong enough foundation for it to support the second floor. So we add a second floor. Here's a sample of some of the foundational cracks you make that might appear that didn't appear in your one-on-one work. First, with your contractors, do you have a written agreement with the contractor for every deliverable that they provided to you? Certainly, if it's included in anything that you're going to be using in your one to several or one to many offers, even if you pay the contractor, even if you told them and gave them directions about what to do, if you don't have a written agreement in place, you don't own that deliverable, the contractor does. So we want to make sure that we are checking all of the assets that we're going to use for our recurring revenue assets to make sure you own all those rights. With your past employers, most of us are corporate refugees or survivors, right? So if we took something from a former employer, is that theirs? Even if you wrote it as the employee, your employer owns everything that you created for them. So if you've incorporated that in some of your one-on-one services, probably no one's going to notice. But if you incorporate some of that in a one to several or one-to-many that increased scrutiny could get you in trouble. And same thing with your employees. If you have employees, they came from a former employer and they brought this great resource with them, where'd it come from? Did it come from their former employer? If it did, that former employer owns that, then neither you nor that employee owns that and cannot use it. With your clients, if you are signing services agreements provided by your clients, nine times out of 10, they'll have language in there that says they own 100% of the rights in any deliverable. Well, what if you have some of your pre existing work in that deliverable? Have you granted rights in your pre existing work to your clients? So we want to make sure we are aware of that. And then third party materials, like we mentioned, things you may have gotten from as part of a certification program or as part of a coaching program with your business coach. Sometimes people provide resources that you can use, which are intended to be used either internally or with your one-on-one clients, but not to be used in a one-to-several or one-to-many environment. So we want to make sure that we are aware of the rights you have in those third-party materials. So in sum, we audit because you don't want to be on the receiving end of a cease and desist letter from the owner of materials that you don't have the right to use. At best, you wasted money and momentum. At worst, you'll incur legal fees and permanently damage your reputation. We audit because it lays the foundation for the next step, which is protection. You don't want to find out too late that you failed to put the protections in place to prevent clients, subcontractors, and facilitators from using your materials without you. So in the next episode, We'll talk about that second stage, protect, how to protect your expertise. Thank you, ladies. And remember, IP is fuel. This week's episode of the Hourly to Exit podcast is sponsored by the NDA Navigator. Non-disclosure agreements, also known as NDAs, are the bedrock of protecting your ideas and your business's confidential information. Of course, I recommend that you have a lawyer review any agreement before you sign it. However, facing a constant stream of NDAs can be overwhelming, especially when time and budget constraints prevent you from seeking full legal review. That's where the NDA Navigator comes in. Designed specifically for entrepreneurs, consultants, and business owners with corporate clients, the NDA Navigator is your guide to understanding negotiating, and implementing NDAs. Empower yourself with legal insights and practical tools when you don't have the time or funds for a full legal review. Get 20% off by using the coupon code H2E at protectyourexpertise.com. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Hourly to Exit podcast. Don't forget to check out the show notes for the resources and organizations mentioned during the episode. If you find the podcast to be valuable, please subscribe so you get notified of new episodes every week. And I would be so grateful for a rating and review and it helps get the word out. See you next week.